0: I'm going to go you guys enjoyed that hopefully that was informative and now we're gonna be covering something that has long a topic that has long fascinated me in fact this is adapted from a paper i originally wrote back in 2018 back in the day uh, i don't think anybody read it back then uh, probably still haven't yet uh but um oh you will tonight at least this so this has been added to the wastelands of the seraphim and i'll quickly point out too that i think that the first paper i ever covered on the potential that the millennial kingdom happened was this one right here wastelands of the seraphim so if you're following along page 28 there you see a lot of medieval art some of what's considered the most beautiful um uh middle ages or dark ages uh, medieval art Some of these I've had the pleasure of seeing in person as well. Look at the difference between medieval art and that of the Renaissance. Why don't you? I have just delivered something like two pages of surviving masterpieces for your consideration, all of which derive from the lost world of the Middle Ages. When I finally get around to the Renaissance, and I have covered much of it in the past, you will see that they are clearly at odds with its predecessor. Medieval art was intended to teach morality lessons using scripture as its peripheral vision, all of which directed the soul towards a heavenly pilgrimage, whereas the Renaissance gloried in the individual. This is art 101 stuff, by the way, and I'm, I'm not making it up. You could. This is just the analysis that you'll get in art 101 between the dark slash middle ages medieval artwork and the renaissance complete contrast and there's even a word for it humanism can be defined as an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to the human individual rather than the divine or supernatural that's just a nice way of saying the renaissance controllers sought to usurp elohim by igniting the divine spark within And they used art to do it. Another word deriving from the Renaissance is individualism. If that doesn't describe what we're seeing today in the world with like the the transgender movement, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's all about creating the God within, right? You're manipulating nature within to become your own creation, to become higher than Elohim. So individualism, which, as you can probably already deduce, stresses the philosophical role of each person within the hieroglyph. The very word renaissance means rebirth. How many of you knew that? It was a movement which is said to have originated in Italy, but then swept like a wildfire across Europe, devouring nearly all facets of life, not only in art, but in the political arena as well. Propagandists like Francisco Petrarch leonardo leonardo da vinci and dante had a heavy hand in classifying the medieval period as a slow uh, uh the medieval period as slow and dark get it the dark ages simply adorable especially since we just talked about the uh the outer darkness and they're saying that the dark ages was you know the the millennial kingdom was the darkness we're not in the outer darkness now they were in the darkness. For them, it was a stagnant period without growth, apparently without bathrooms too, education or innovation, and an unwelcomed interruption from the pre-Christian world. To sum this up, mortals of the Middle Ages studied ancient literature to learn about the creator of heaven and earth, whereas the patron saints of humanism exhumed the ruins of Greece and Rome, the beast of old, so as to glory in themselves and so now you can see here another page or two of uh the the stark contrast with renaissance art and i i'm not even getting into baroque art by this point this is just straight up renaissance eventually every man has a decision to make and i chose to go with only one page of renaissance art rather than two I don't know. Perhaps I will add to the collection in in a second draft. It just seems to me that the point has already been made. Rebirth art—that's that, what Renaissance means. Rebirth art had a curious renewed interest in the pantheon of paganism, and taking one's clothes off was suddenly all the rage. We're talking naked dudes and boobs assaulting every passing patron, uh, patron from the canvas. And I haven't even gotten into Baroque art yet. Told a lot of naked dudes and boobs and that. Without even breaking down the esotericism as well as... Uh, I don't know why I say esotericism twice. Breaking down the esotericism as well as the esoteric. Oh, oh, the eroticism. Actually, it's getting late. I can't read. Uh, but that <laughs> I, I wrote it right. Breaking down the esotericism as well as the eroticism. It's not difficult to see the blatant rebellion against the most high Elohim that is taking place. What the occult managed to do though, and rather brilliantly, is come right out into the open while repackaging it successfully as Christianity. But then something else changed between the centuries as well. Take a closer look at the collage on the left, in errant contrast with the the Baroque Luca or Lusa Giordano's depiction of fallen angels on the right, evil angels as well as unclean Ruikoth, were often depicted as serpentine dragons, or gargoyle-like devils during the Middle Ages. That all went away afterwards. Renaissance artists gave them buns of steel and ch- chabongas. Check out their chiseled thighs. Where is Mikael, that would be Michael, where is Mikael the Archangel sending them to? The U.S. of Abs? I, I pause for your laughter there. We're filled with all sorts of jungle, jungle Cruise jokes tonight. Only chubby cherubs are choosing to stay behind with the milk cart. For whatever reason, the art makers decided that fallen angels no longer looked like dragons. Is it any coincidence, then, that the general public ceased believing in dragons? Why the switch of perception? And among nearly all the artists, too, I think I know. There has ever only been two dominant transmitter devices for the spread of paranormal perception on this side of the spiritual curtain. Words and images working together. FYI, I have just described the human brain. The left side of our brain handles reading, writing, and calculations in our day-to-day, and is referred to as the brains of the operation, where logic is concerned. The right side is visual, dealing more often than not in the images behind our artistic endeavors. Though it is also home to emotion, intuition, and The spidey sense, quote-unquote, which pries at our impulses. Cross those train tracks from the left side of town and you've entered the neighborhood of make-believe. And that's just the thing about our brain. The left and the right hemispheres work in synchronicity with the other, or in the very least are expected to. Though the left may be doing all the talking the right turns to a storybook of images so as to inform its logical counterpart, thereby informing our very perception of truth. How the spiritual realm materializes itself within our mind's eye is based largely upon art, and the occult knows it. It's why they need pop culture. They need paintings and cathedral ceilings, though in today's Terms They need toys, comic books, and movies, as well as the news reporter's desk and the media teleprompter. The question you should be asking yourself is what an angel actually looks like. And who is it to say they don't have baby fat thigh rolls? I am inclined to believe the medievalists had it right. They were dragons. At least many of them. And I aim to show you. Of course, those would be the, the, the seraphim. Many of you were hoping I'd say they look like little green men. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the little green men never made an appearance at any time during the Middle Ages. At least, maybe they did, or maybe they scrubbed it all. I don't really know. But I, I have yet to see any. If you have found the little green men in, in the, uh, the Middle Ages, be sure to let me know. Not even the Renaissance afterwards. They make no appearance. The little green men are a product of 1950s space age propaganda by which Soviet fear-mongering probably had something to do with it. The earliest reference that I can find derives from Washington Irving, yeah, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle guy. There were other authors imagining extraterrestrial beings through the centuries, but Irving appears to be the very first to describe the man from the moon as P. Green. If you are capable of finding earlier references, then don't hold back, I want to know. <laughs> I want to believe. To Irving's credit, mention was made in 1809, which just so happens to fall in the whereabouts of the mud flood, though perhaps more importantly, the release of the Watchers. The next notable mention doesn't happen for another century. All right, So you've got 100 years to go by where we there are no references. Maybe they were scrubbed, I don't really know. There are no references for 100 years. So You guys all know Edgar Rice Burroughs, the creator and writer of the Tarzan books, referred to the green men as well as the green Martian women when writing his first science fiction novel, A A Princess of Mars, in 1912. Except that the green people were described as 10 or 12 feet tall on this go-around. Edgar got the skin color right, but they're hardly little. Come on, give it the program, Burroughs. I'm willing to accept that Irving and Burroughs were in the know, and they most certainly were, they were in the know, but not in the way that you're probably thinking. Something else is going on. So this was an interesting snippet I found on the internet. Folklore researcher Chris Albeck has used electronic searches of old newspapers and found a number of instances dating from around the turn of the 20th century referring to green aliens. Albeck found one story from 1899 in the Atlanta Constitution about a little green-skinned alien alien in a tale called Green Boy from Hurrah, Hurrah being another planet. So folklore researcher Chris Albeck found that the little green men uh, began cropping up the media starting at the turn of the 20th century. And uh, let's see. Okay, you know all that there. In the following decades, Hollywood and the comic book industry basically went ape crazy over the secondary color, making a craze out of it. And what do you think came of that? People reportedly began seeing the little green men from a not-so-distant planet. This is the left and the right side of the brain working together. Just so you are aware, I am not questioning the alien-angel connection. I, too, have seen an alien gray and stand by my close encounter. By the way, too, I've also seen a reptilian. That was, like, years ago, like 25 years ago, though. The the experience on both accounts will not be easily forgotten. What I do question, however, is my own ability to accurately translate a higher dimensional being. Having pierced through the spiritual curtain, which divides us, and then broken down for somebody like me, incapable of recognizing shapes and forms beyond the third dimension I mean we're trapped in the third dimension we could see things from other dimensions but we can only translate it according to what we're imprisoned in the third dimension there are probably several theories on who the greys and the greens are and their existence in places like dumb tunnels perhaps they are the children of a recent incursion I don't know I wouldn't be the slightest surprise if that turns out to be the case. Many people uh, uh, speculate that. Try not to let what I'm stating enter through one ear and then right back out the other without sw- swishing it around a th- for a few. Sometimes these things need to marinate. Pop culture in league with the media created the alien phenomenon. Only then did they begin to materialize within public consciousness. Even the abduction idea was only recently incorporated into the alien experience. It all began with Barney and Betty Hill. On the night of September 19th, 1961, Interesting enough, somebody in this group um, uh, mentioned that they interviewed uh, Betty Hill later in life. On the night of September 19th, 1961, the Hills became the first alien abductees in recorded history After having been followed home by a bright light on a rural highway, their story, which they told first to a psychiatrist, then to the book and TV movie rights people, unleashed the floodgates of abduction stories to follow. For the longest time, the abduction experience appears to have been an American phenomenon. That's something that uh, ufologists don't always really talk about. Now they're everywhere, but for the longest time, it was only happening in America, which is very strange. Do yourself a favor and and don't come to the land of the free and the brave unless you want your ass prodded in the middle of the night, that sort of thing. I'm sorry if that was vulgar, but come on, that's what was happening. I read one number number that claimed a whopping 2.5% of Americans have had a close encounter with the mothership. Huh? That's 3 out of 100 Midwesterners. With numbers like that, I should be able to call for a raise of hands at the next county fair and, on a good day, nab at least 100 farmers who've been taken up, though I've yet to meet one. Where are all these people? Pop culture icon Jack Kirby created his fair share of quote-unquote real-world manifestations as well, the most popular of which is the face on Mars. His landed in a 1958 comic book. It would take everybody's favorite liars at NASA to manifest Kirby's doodle with their 1976 Viking compositing. Which now everyone says is a hoax anyways, but it, 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 I think it was intended nonetheless. Kirby was born a Kurtzberg, by the way, in NYC of all places. His mother was a Bernstein or a Bernstein. I checked. They were Jews of the Austrian variety. A few, of, a few of you may be wondering what I mean by that. The Kutzbergs may have originated from Spain, though Bernstein or Stein is a German name, telling us we have another puzzle piece to the Ashkenazi equation. Now, Jack Kirby isn't exactly a one time offender. His uncanny ability to manifest a supposed reality. From the comic book page is so recognized by the fanboys that I have seen it referred to as the Kirby effect. In his uh OMAC One Man Army series, which I've never read, um except to research this, Kirby depicted an evil dictator named Kafka, who was arrested in an underground bunker and then put on trial for a series of crimes. Uh, why does that sound so familiar to our generation, conveniently replicating those of the Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein? Look, I, I totally get the difference between predictive programming on the part of the Intel Department and the greater reality of our spiritual controllers pulling the strings from the rafters. I should have also mentioned up the should have also mentioned the ship that sank. what was it? the, the, the Idol the Titan or something that big ship that sank and all of a sudden the Titanic uh, sank. You know, It was in the book, whatever. I wrote about that. Though they are also in bed with the other, uh, our spiritual controllers as well as the intel department. What I am trying to do here is show you that the higher dimensions employ the ever-evolving mediums of pop culture, backed no less by the occult, in order to manifest themselves into our own reality. There are enough modern examples to fill a book when it is the shift from medieval to renaissance thinking that requires my present concern. The physicality of the principalities, if I am phrasing that right, as well as the part they play in bringing the millennial kingdom to its swift conclusion, is what I am mainly after in this particular exercise, um, the, the wastelands of the seraphim. I imagine the angelic world comes in a great variety of creatures, a whole zoo full, Though when it comes to the class of seraphim, I have already given you the answer. They're dragons. The medieval artists got it right, and that says something about their spiritual insight. They were attempting to line the words up with the images. And then in the following pages, I will show you why I've come to that conclusion. That refers to my uh, paper on the wastelands of Seraphim. We've already gone through that. That's a video you can watch, uh, though it's been greatly updated, and you can... Download that paper for yourself. All right, there's one more presentation I want to give tonight. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this. got you know a lot of hopefully meaty information for you tonight.